Hey guys, welcome to The Big Reset, where we focus on reaching every student every time. I'm your host, Julie Springer, and I'm so excited to be part of your professional learning community. Today, we're going to be talking with some guests about how universal design for learning makes a difference in the classrooms and schools where they are. We'll get some insight from them on how well this framework for teaching is working in their classrooms. Let's do this thing. Right, guys we're gonna go ahead and get started um so the first thing i'm going to do is just go around and let you introduce yourselves and then i'll start with some questions hey okay. start with you karen hi i'm karen ruth i'm the head theater director here at coppell high school hi i'm daryl lee instructional coach for new tech high hi i'm trent pickerel i am a digital learning coach um for the whole district and i'm your host julie springer so i'm so glad y'all are here today <laughs> Why do you guys think it's so important to start with the why? Why we use universal design for learning? Why is it important for our kids to have choices? And why do you think we should start there? Karen, you want to start with us? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think if we don't know why we want to teach what we're teaching, then our kids aren't going to know why they're learning it. And they're also going to not know what the real world application is and how it has any kind of a relation to their life. But by giving them choices in 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 how they're going to either um, display that in their like modality of, of performance um, or like what what they're going to do to to tell us you know that they understand what they have learned um they're going to be more engaged in it and they're going to be more excited to do it because it's what they want to do so it gives them ownership and accountability on the level that just telling them you're going to write this essay maybe doesn't <laughs> yeah i think one thousand percent agree with karen i believe that uh choices provide buy-in and there needs to be a buy-in. There are so many distractions and things that people can be doing with their time. And oh, we lost Daryl. He's on Zoom, so we'll catch him back when we catch him. Trent. I agree when, uh, again with Daryl as well. Uh, it sounds like we're all on the same page, but the, starting with the why I think makes it a lot more meaningful for the, the kids and helps them carry that learning forward as opposed to um, learning something for a test and then being done with it. Um, so I, I do feel like that why really can drive their motivation for learning as well and not just be um, something that they're learning in the moment and then forgetting the next. Awesome. So it looks like Daryl's back with us. Daryl, you want to finish up your answer? Yes, I absolutely believe that um, understanding the why gives our learners buy-in and those choices and that flexibility uh, will allow them to see the connection to what they are learning and how it connects to the real world. So any time that we can find something in the real world to show them that's a problem or something that exists, the buy-in is it comes from an emotional place. And so if we can reach that emotional place, 
and we certainly have the buy-in uh, with the learners. That's that's so true, and and even the buy-in with the teachers, um, we got to start there because if the teachers don't buy into this, then the students aren't even going to have an opportunity to prove what they can and can't do. Right. Um, Trent, you're coming to us with that digital perspective. Are there any platforms that you see that would be more beneficial for teachers to use in the classroom? In regard to UDM? Mm -hmm. um, I do feel like there are a lot of things out there right now that lend themselves to um, designing in this way. Um, one of our favorites on our team is the Apple Suite. So working with keynote pages and numbers really can allow for a lot of creativity and a lot of choice that um, they can use to demonstrate their knowledge of skills. Um, just for example, you have options like adding recording, audio recordings, you have options for drawing and creating with the Apple Pencils, you have options for um, just organizing the content in multiple different ways. So um, if I had to pick just one, I feel like the Apple Suite really lends itself to um, choices and creativity. Yeah, I know that um, in special ed, a lot of our students love using Keynote because they can highlight with different colors, they can be more creative and really ad adapt the curriculum to themselves. And they've really learned their learning styles by using the Apple Suite, I feel. They're able to take the, the parts of it that help them and really apply it to every lesson across the board. Yeah. Karen, you're in a totally different creative end of things, yeah. being in theater. Um, what are some some things that you can think of that may be tech-related that really work for you? Um, well, as far as technology, <laughs> um, I have to say that my class isn't like super heavy on the technology, but our um, technical theater class is. So we utilize programs like AutoCAD for designing and drawing, and SketchUp is another great one where students, like if we're doing a, a set design um, issue or um, project, instead of having to like draw on paper where a lot of kids get, you know, really frustrated, they're like, oh, I'm not an artist. With something like SketchUp, you can um, upload images that are already created, like background images, and then you can drag and drop almost, it's almost like clip art, except it's, it's set pieces and real things. They can cr drag those things in and create like a really nice looking set design. And there's already scale model things that, that they can pull on mm. so that they can like realize their work sitting in front of them. Yeah. We also, in, in my class, we use just filming each other and mm -hmm. being able to like watch what we've done and give peer feedback yeah. a ton. And that's so enormously helpful. And it was really helpful during the pandemic for us too, so that we didn't lose the performative aspect of theater when right. half of, or more than half of our class was sitting at their house. Right. So, you know, those type of things are, are really helpful as well. Yeah. That make, the, the pandemic really helped us um, understand that the need for really thinking outside of the box when we were planning our lessons. Um, Daryl, you have anything about technology you'd like to throw in there? Sure. Um, you know, at a PBL school, we really want people to lean into their strengths and to think about what they are strong at, but also use technology to enhance projects that they might be using uh, at the time. Uh, I know yesterday I worked with a, a group of learners who 
found during the pandemic um, an application called or an app called Notion that they really wanted our facilitators to kind of understand it. It helps organize them, etc. So our learners are setting up a time to actually present professional learning to our staff about uh, technology that's cutting edge. Um, I I love helping teachers where meeting the teachers where they're at. So some teachers are more comfortable with technology than others, but we also try to use the learners in helping us discover the new technology. Yeah, I think we underuse our students who are so tech savvy, yeah. who can offer us as teachers a lot of help in being able to make the best use of what we've got. Uh, I know I've seen I've seen uh, in-class support teachers working with the kids, and they're like, "Well, how can we move something from this to over here?" And the kids are like, "Oh, we just put that in notability. <laughs> oh, you just flip this, and you do that, and you push that." And it's like, "Wow, why yeah. am I trying to teach them stuff when they can be teaching me how to be better at what I do?" Right. Well, like, that's accountability for yeah. on them though and ownership for them. They're like, oh well, I know how to do this and I can yeah. show you and I can I can be good at this and I can be a leader in this example, which is so great, right? Like right. I we want to empower them in the classroom to feel like that. So if they've got an idea for an app or some things that will be helpful or useful in any situation, I think we should jump on it and be like, yeah, yeah let's look let's look into this. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I, I'm sorry, Trent. Oh, I, I really believe that it's, it's part of transparency and where we're going. And you talked about UBD and being transparent with our learners. Our learners have a lot of great ideas and they have a lot of tips in order to help really make that learning community come alive. And I think by utilizing our learners, maybe, you know, they have an app called Notion that would work great uh, with the project that you're currently doing. It helps our teachers, it pushes our teachers a little bit more from the old style of a filing cabinet teacher where they pulled up the same lesson year after year and it really pushes their thinking. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything said thus far. I do feel like that the the kids in this scenario, the learners, are in some cases a lot more adept than we are. And so in the scenario of teachers feeling a little bit hesitant with technology, I think just educators understanding on a whole that hey, I can, I can present something to my kids and not be the most comfortable with it and let them kind of use their expertise that they already have. And they may already know the skills that they need to work with that, even though I don't know that. And they can help me learn those things. And it's not a, you don't have to be the sage on the stage as one of Daryl's favorite um, things to say, but you could be kind of more facilitating their learning um, if we don't get locked into I don't know all the things that this technology can do, therefore I'm not going to use it in my class because they can a lot of times unlock things that we wouldn't have even thought about. Exactly. Uh, being the classroom expert, so to say, um, is really not necessary. Um, and we've all, I mean, I am old and so I do have that old school <laughs> effect about me. But, you know, back in the 80s and 90s when I was first teaching, um, that was the expectation was the teacher knew everything and you didn't want your kids to know what you didn't know. Right. So there was a lot of bluffing going on in a lot of classrooms. Whereas <laughs> these days it's kind of like, 
yeah, I'm old and I don't know technology, so I need you to help me out here. And yeah. it's it's acceptable now, where you know, which I love because I love being able to have the kids teach me things. Right. I, I just think that just makes them appreciate the fact that I'm here to help them just like they're here to help me. Yeah. So it really kind of balances out the act. Right. And just to add, like, the times that we're leaving, <clears throat> the times that we're living in right now, especially, like, we're seeing a lot of kids come back from this second sem- uh, nine weeks that were at home and the teachers are thinking, I'm speaking elementary-wise, the teachers are thinking, okay, we're going to have to go through and learn all these skills. But, no, these kids spent two, almost two years, so a year and a half, using technology to learn so they're really in some ways further along in their technology learning than we had seen in years past yeah so that's so true yeah and if you think about it julie we're all a learning community um so i don't think that i'm an expert in anything i certainly didn't feel like i was an expert in my classroom but i knew how to find the knowledge and so if we can think of ourselves as being more facilitating the knowledge, knowing what the roadmap is, and just kind of being that driver of the bus, um, but having the kids read the map along the way, it really helps us in understanding that we're an entire learning community together. That is so true. And, you know, kind of playing off that learning community aspect, um, we look at kids, they're all coming back at different levels, whether it's social emotional, whether it's academic or whatever. Um, and I think UDL really facilitates us building and meeting kids where they are. Uh, Karen, I know you've been at a school where UDL was the thing and that was the big focus. Can you kind of tell us some things that you've seen that would we could really help build on for our campus? Yeah, so when I was teaching in Los Angeles, UDL was like, that's that's all they do, right? And I was teaching um, middle school special ed and inclusion at that point in time. And our big thing there is something we've already talked about, which was choice. Choice of how we can demonstrate what we know. So I'm going to kind of include my theater with, with, that, with that school. But if we take a a play. A play is a piece of literature, right? Or when I was teaching there, like if we read uh, a book, a short book, you as a, a stu- as a student, as a learner, can tell me that you understood that book in a whole lot of ways other than taking a test, writing an essay, or giving a book report, right? You could do a costume design. And if you design the costumes for all the characters, right, I, you're incorporating the the style of the play, the mood with your colors, with the textures, the fabrics. Your um, and that can tell me that you understood what the concept of of this book was. Um, if you do maybe a playlist for every chapter, each chapter has its own you know feel, its own vibe, its own what was the like main point of that. So if you do for each chapter this overarching song that tells me that you understood what the main nut of that was. I know that you understood the book, right? So there are just, it's just, t- and, and we do those things with with um, with plays as well in my class right now. So for, for me, when I was there, it was more about really meeting kids where they were, finding out what they were interested in and allowing them to the freedom and the option to make a collage 
to give some of them really liked making google slides yeah. <laughs> that was like a thing i don't like i have students right now who get together and have parties i kid you not and they make Google slide presentations about things that they think are either funny or passionate about, weirdly. And they give each, they give each other Google slide presentations like as a, a social activity, yeah. right? But that's something they're they're good at and they like to they like to do. So if somebody wants to do that as opposed to write me an essay, like it's gonna take me less time to grade and yeah. it's gonna be more entertaining for me. And it was more entertaining for them. Right. And if they liked doing it, if they liked making this collage about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I understand that I'm getting what they got from the book right. yeah. as opposed to, you know, just writing it out. So I, I don't know. I think I think there's so many options in that we have in the classroom that maybe we don't explore. Daryl's got something he wants to say. I <laughs> he raised his hand. Because learning is no longer in a box. And I think um, in an old school fashion, we all were working toward a test. Now we're working to show what we know and learners can have choices in showing us how they know what they've learned. It doesn't have to be a handwritten test every single time. Uh, you can show me that you know a skill by doing other things. So I, I think it's really important uh, that choice is what UBD and UDL is all about, project-based learning as well. Um, giving roles or having them lean into their strengths is so important and just making those connections. So I think what Karen said as a teacher should really say, I'm going to do this with every single solitary thing that happens in my classroom because how much nicer is it to grade 75 different kinds of things than to sit there and grade the same thing over and over and over. I would much rather have that entertainment value in my grading mm -hmm. of going through and seeing, oh my gosh, I would have never thought about that as opposed to A, D, C, A, C, <laughs> D, A, you know, I mean, just the but, monotony. Yeah, but like also your students got joy out of it. Like right. they had fun doing it. So if you can encourage that like learning something is fun and that the way you see something, because the way I see something is different than the way you see it and you see it. So the way I see it, if I can show you how I see it and, and give you that point of view and still like what a, what a gift, like what a, what a delight for everybody. Right, and it makes you want to do more. Correct. It makes you want to learn more. Um, you know, there's so many times I hear kids say, and literally they come into my room, one in particular, and he's like, oh my gosh, they just want to talk. All they want to do is talk in that room. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of how we convey information. Yeah, but I don't want to listen to them. Well, okay, so let's figure out a different way to present the material. Yeah. You know, we're asking the kids to show us what they know. Why do we not create different ways of presenting that same material? Yeah, and I think on the um, on the technology side, we get a lot of questions on our team about how, like teachers wanting to secure an assessment to make sure that it's not able to have screenshots taken of it and they want to be able to make sure that it's super secure no cheating is possible but if you are assessing your kids based on what they know and and letting them show you their knowledge 
you kind of eliminate that need for securing and locking down a test or an assessment because there's not really a way for them to cheat their understanding if they're demonstrating it in a different way. But it's almost like they don't even think about doing that anymore. Like there's literally no concept in their mind about like, how do I get out of this now? Like, it's just like, Mm -hmm. well, what, what do I get to do? You know, like it, it, it it completely eliminates that even desire to want to do it. Cause like if I was, you know, sitting there taking this, you know, long test, you know, we'd all be tempted to be like, how can we, how can we like make this snappier friends? How can I avoid this? Exactly. So it, it, to like not even have that cross your mind and just like put yourself into a a project. Like that's wonderful. Now there is one thing that we haven't really talked about. And that is those kids who, thrive on multiple choice tests mm. <laughs> how yeah. yeah we have several students who have um who have autism and they really need that structure of you know i got it this is what I, here's my checklist of things i have to do this is how i have to do it and i don't want to veer off the path at all um i think that's one of those small small groups of kids that when we think about UDL and we think about all that creativity and all of the fun things that we get to do, we have that 1% of kids who they want to just spill it out to you fact after fact after fact and just do the multiple choice test. Um, have you ever experienced anything like that? Mm-hmm. And how did you handle that, Karen? I'm all about the choice. If that's what you want to do, <laughs> you can do it. You know, and I'm I'm more of a big, I like to do oral feedback with my kids. Right. So usually, like, I can have a conversation with them if that's what you want to do and know that's what it is. If you want to write something down in a bullet point, that's also fine, too. But, like, I really am all about, like, what makes you the most comfortable. So if that's the case, if that's what you want to do. Now, I may, I mean, I'm in theater, so I may not have an actual <laughs> multiple choice test about it. I'm going to be honest with you. That's a few and far between thing for us. But I've let kids just have a conversation with me. I've let them write something down. I've let them write a paragraph. Um, I've let them, I've led, you know, group conversations in a class, like a Socratic seminar type of thing where they can very easily show me what their knowledge is. And if that's, if that's how they prefer to present it, then more power to you, then that's okay. So Trent, in your working with teachers and students, have you, are there any things that as a teacher coming into this brand new, that you think that you, they some words of advice? Ooh, man, um, I think kind of what we talked about earlier, brand new teacher surrendering to the fact that you don't know it all and just being okay with that. But then also um, just really embracing, like Karen has talked a lot about the choice and showing that being open to and willing to accept a lot of different ways for them to show you their understanding. Um, there are, and also just the comfort that you have people around you that are experienced and, and draw from their experience um, and use them, utilize them. There's lots of different tools. You have a bunch of supports in the district. We have, we're lucky to have many different people and roles that support you in the classroom. So. I think leveraging all of those people um, would be a huge um, thing that you're missing out on if you don't do it.
Right. And I, I love the fact that you called out the vulnerability of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I have really personally had to work on of being able to say, I don't know it all. I need help on this. Or can you explain this to me? And I think with us doing that with the kids and technology, that's helping them understand it's okay to admit that you need help. It's yeah. okay to be vulnerable. Um, and it, and that's how we all learn. I mean, we yeah. don't all know it. We got to learn it sometime. Sure. We do an exercise in my class called I Failed. And we talk about like something that we did recently that was just a hot mess. And then we all say, <laughs> I failed. And then you take a bow and everybody claps for you. And then you move that's on. Great. And like when I, I fail in my classroom like 24 hours a day and so, you know, and so I make a mistake and I reflect on it later and I'm like, cool, I'm not going to do that again. Or here's what I learned from that. Right. Right. But I'll do things in my classroom that are complete spastic mess and I'll just yell, I failed. And I'll take a bow and everybody claps and like kids will do that now. Like they'll do a scene and like, they just didn't know any of their lives. Like I failed. Right. And so sometimes we're just not there as we, we make mistakes. And I think if we own up to them and just understand that that's a part of the process. Like it takes the stress off of doing, doing something that like isn't right or isn't going to work. Right. And then it's like, oh, okay, well I did that. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, I'm well, definitely just going to adopt that. Yeah, I, I, we do, that. I, I announced I failed at least twice a week with a big bow. So, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. I think, I think I need to see that throughout the school, you know, <laughs> Every once in a while, a teacher steps out into the hall and yells, I failed. Yeah, and everybody should come out. All the other, everybody can come out and start clapping. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, hopefully this has not been a failure today. I I hope that um, everybody has been able to, and I know just from the conversation we had today, that there's going to be things that everybody can pick and choose from this conversation to implement into their classroom. But I just want to tell you guys how much I appreciate you being here and giving up your time this morning. Um, It means the world to me. And I know that the teachers on this campus are going to get some great things out of it. So thanks. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. All right. sure and listen to all of our conversations on the Big Reset podcast, where we discuss multiple topics about universal design for learning. I want to thank Karen Ruth, theater teacher and fine arts department chair at Coppell High School, Trent Pickrell, digital learning coach for Coppell ISD, and Daryl Lee, instructional coach for New Tech High School at Coppell. Special shout out to Monday Hopes for their music, Orange Juice on the Table, available at pixabay.com. I'm your host, Julie Springer, and I hope you have a wonderful day. May your coffee be stronger than the learners in your classroom.